In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. On this fourth day of the Novena to the Immaculate Conception, we meditate on the event of the birth of Jesus. During Mary's pregnancy, a census was called in Israel, and everyone was required to go to the town of their ancestors, above all the heads of households, the fathers, to be numbered there. And so Mary and Joseph had to go to Bethlehem, the city of David, Joseph's great ancestor. And Mary was at that time in her ninth month. It was almost time when they set out. They go to Bethlehem, a small town, perhaps a bit late in the evening. And they immediately began looking for a place to stay, a place that might afford at least a minimum of comfort for Mary and the child. They went to the inns, knocking at doors, asking, Please, we need a room. But many people had traveled to Bethlehem around that time, and it seems that all the inns were full to capacity. There was no space for them. So they had no alternative but to go to a stable, a cave. And here, in the poorest of places among animals, because there was no room for them among men, here the king of the universe, the son of God, was born. Saint Josemaria, contemplating this, writes in Christ is passing by, There is a great simplicity about his birth. Our Lord comes without any fanfare. No one knows about him. On earth, only Mary and Joseph shine the divine adventure, and then the shepherds who receive the message from the angels, and later on the wise men from the east. They were the only witnesses to this transcendental event which unites heaven and earth, God and man. How simple are the ways of God! How marvelous! This sin is, as we know, one of the mysteries of the Rosary, the birth of Christ in Bethlehem, in the silence of a small, not very significant town, in a stable among animals. How simple are the ways of God, how marvelous. And in contrast, how complex we are sometimes. The creator of heaven and earth, almighty God, poor, humble, not afraid of hardship. In Bethlehem, as we look at the newborn child and his mother and St. Joseph, we understand that moving truth, that evident truth, evident because we have it before our eyes, and it has even now become tangible. The truth that the Lord came to the earth to lead a fully human life, to share in our lot, we could say. He took on human flesh, and with it all the vulnerability of human existence. Right from his birth, he was exposed to cold and hunger, to pain, to poverty, 
Right from the start, he was exposed to the indifference and rejection of human hearts. He became fully one more among us, sharing in our lot. And he wanted his mother and St. Joseph to share in this as well, these hardships. It must have filled their hearts with sorrow to see that they could not find a better place for the child. They could not provide all the comforts that they would have wished for. They were not exactly wealthy, and even if they had had some money, there was no place for them at the inns. The two of them had been chosen for the singular privilege of being the parents of the Son of God, and not even a decent, warm house could they provide. But somehow they understood that the Lord wanted it this way. When we, on our part, feel the weight of hardship, physical pain and exhaustion, hunger, cold, fear. When we feel the painful sting of indifference and rejection, rejection especially from the people we care for, the people from whom we would expect affection perhaps. When we feel this, let us turn our gaze to the stable in Bethlehem. Our God is not some faraway observer high up in the heavens, far away from the plight of humanity. Our God is verbum caro factum est. You, Lord, have become one more among us, needy like us, vulnerable like us. He feels what we feel. He knows what our suffering feels like, not only because he is all-knowing, but because he has felt it from the inside. When we feel the weight of hardship of whatever form, let us turn our gaze to the stable in Bethlehem and let us remember that our God understands us divinely, humanly. And as we look at him marveling at the mystery of God incarnate, let us contemplate his mother beside him. In the Gospel of St. Luke, in the second chapter, the evangelist mentions a very human detail. It almost seems like an, an essential sentence in the whole narration. We read that Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. How very human this is, and above all, how motherly. The first part of this sentence, wrapping the baby in swaddling clothes, refers to the custom of the time. The swaddling clothes were not our modern kind of clothes, like a shirt or pants or pyjamas, and they were not diapers. They were simple, long strips of cloth that people used to wrap around newborn babies to restrain their movement and to quieten them, leaving the baby neatly packaged like a helpless bundle, limited in movement, needy, somehow wrapped within the bounds of human fragility and mortality. Mary would have carried these clothes with her on the journey in preparation. She did for her son what any Palestinian mother would have done at that time. It was a cultural way of showing that the baby was cared for and wanted 
and owned. The other detail is that Mary placed the baby in a manger. There was no cradle in the stable, so the manger had to do, which was a feeding trough of the animals. She, with the help of St. Joseph, would have cleaned it. They would have moved it to a warm part of the stable, away from the cold, perhaps next to a fire that they had set up. They would have placed soft hay in it, and they would have placed some soft cloths on top. And then Mary delicately placed the child there, and she sat beside him to watch over him as he slept. A wise person, speaking about mothers, once said, The moment a child is born, the mother is also born. She never existed before. The woman existed, but not the mother. The mother is something absolutely new. Mary was a teenage girl when she gave birth to Christ, when she became a mother. And then the motherly instincts took over. She somehow became a new person with a new way of looking at the world, with new concerns. Another wise person, also speaking of mothers, once said, Being a mother means that your heart is no longer yours. It wanders wherever your children do. The center of Mary's life changed. Before this moment, she was a person dedicated to God. And now she was a person dedicated to God, her son, whom she carried in her arms and fed and protected. What Mary does for her son, she would like to do for us, her children. Christ was a vulnerable baby, born into a rough, hostile world. But he had a mother to welcome him with tenderness. The stable was a cold, unprotected place, but Mary was there to make it a home. We too find ourselves in a rough, hostile world, and sometimes it seems that we will not survive. It seems that the walls are pressing against us on all sides, or that the ground could open up beneath us. Difficulties in the professional sphere, conflicts with close relatives, personal failures, and on top of all of this, the discouragement, perhaps, without seeing a way out. We may feel alone. We may feel abandoned. Let us remember, especially then, that we have a mother in heaven. St. Bernard of Clairvaux says, In dangers, in doubts, in difficulties, think of Mary and call upon Mary. You may have heard the story of St. Josemaria. This particular incident happened in November of 1937 during the violent Spanish Civil War. Together with several other people, St. Josemaria was trying to escape from the religious persecution in the danger zone, and they were on their way to a safer zone. But then he began to have serious doubts about whether he was doing the right thing or not. Because even though he was avoiding persecution and perhaps death, he was leaving behind family and close friends, people who depended on him. There was a night when these doubts of conscience became particularly heavy. He suffered torment, a kind of agony. 
the fear that he was not doing God's will, which disturbed him greatly. It lasted the whole night, and other people in that room were scared of what was happening to him. They could hear him crying softly and twisting and turning in agony. One of these people later said, I should be sorry for having slept so soundly that night, but to be perfectly honest, I am really glad I did. I have to admit that whenever I sensed something extraordinary, something extraordinarily supernatural happening in the life of the Father, I felt a special fear. For me, it was very traumatic. The following morning, St. Josemaria grew quiet, but kept praying, asking Our Lady for guidance, asking for a sign that he was doing the right thing. He got up to open the small window of the house where they had stopped for the night, and he looked exhausted and sorrowful, disturbed, but calm. He then told one of the other people that he would not be celebrating Mass that day, which was a shock for them, because they knew him to be a man who lived for the Mass. Up to that moment, St. Josemaria had insisted on celebrating Mass every day that he could. But that morning he asked them to take away the items they had prepared for Mass. Then he rapidly went out alone. After a short time, he reappeared, radiant with joy. Every trace of the exhaustion had disappeared from his face, and in his hand he held something made of gilded wood, a rose. He turned to one of the others and said to him, Take good care of this, and get everything ready, I'm going to celebrate Mass. He had found the rose on the floor of an abandoned church. It was precisely the sign that he had asked for, a rose from his mother Mary. This incident remained on his memory, and although he did not like to speak too much about it, so as not to dwell too much on the supernatural, so as not to encourage people to dwell too much on the extraordinary while forgetting the ordinary, he would recall it at get-togethers with people, and most likely also during his personal prayer. He would recall it to give thanks to God and to his mother, for her vigilance and to encourage other people to encourage you and I to have recourse to her in the way he writes mother call her again and again she is listening she sees you in danger perhaps and with her son's grace she your holy mother Mary offers you the refuge of her arms the tenderness of her embrace call her and you will find yourself with added strength for the new struggle. Call her again and again, like a child feeling alone and scared and instinctively reaching out to its mother. As St. Bernard says, in dangers, in doubts, in difficulties, think of Mary and call upon Mary. She is a good mother. She is always attentive to the needs of her children always faithful, never absent-minded, never too busy to attend to us, never tired of our pleas for help, gentle as the best of mothers, kind and loving. Mary understands us, and this is why we call her comforter of the afflicted in the litany of the Holy Rosary, because we can go to her when we feel afflicted. She has that motherly, feminine intuition 
to read our situation even before we speak. She understands our needs, our afflictions, our concerns, because she felt them herself. Pope Francis said in May of 2013, Mary saw difficult moments, many difficult moments in her life from the birth of Jesus when there was no place for them in the inn to Calvary. And like a good mother, she's close to us so that we may never lose courage before the adversities of life, before our weakness, before our sins. She gives us strength. She shows us the path of her son. Mary experienced trials in her own life on earth. She knows firsthand what pain feels like, anguish. And even though, Heavenly Mother, you never had the stain of sin on your immaculate soul, you understand what we sinners go through, the effects that our sins have on us and on others. And we know you care because you love your children. What we see her doing for Christ in the stable in Bethlehem, providing warmth and peace where there was previously coldness and hostility, providing, we could say, a soft landing for the Lord on his arrival on earth, the swaddling clothes, the carefully prepared manger, her presence by the side of the baby. What we see her doing for the baby Jesus, she would like to do for us if we will only let her because this is why God made her, to provide for us, her children, the same during this journey of our lives, the same tenderness and protection that we all need. After that incident in the life of St. Josemaria during the Spanish Civil War, the discovery of the wooden rose, the calming of his worries, the joy and the certainty that he was on the right path and that the Lord was happy with the decision he had made, that wooden rose was eventually taken to Rome, to the house where St. Josemaria lived. It is currently in a glass display in the same church where the saint lies. A constant reminder that even though life may be filled with thorns, pain and suffering, Our Lady is present to soften things like a rose. And perhaps we could also say that in Mary, we see what we are called to do for others. Because the people around us also experience pain and harshness and hostility. And we can be like Mary. We can provide that warmth and that tenderness for them as well. Somehow softening their landing on earth. We end our prayer with a petition to the Blessed Virgin, Comfort of the Afflicted asking her to come to our aid. These are the words of an ancient prayer that the Pope has been encouraging us to say, the Subtum Presidium. We fly to your patronage, O Holy Mother of God. Despise not our petitions in our necessities, but deliver us always from all dangers, O glorious and blessed Virgin. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations which you have communicated to me during this meditation. I ask your help to put them into practice. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.